Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today you're going to want to grab that legal pad again because we are doing part two of our conversation with Susie Orman, which Colleen and I are so excited about that we had we had the opportunity to speak with her and talk to her about so many important issues when it comes to finances. And it's not really just money. It's about what you want to do with the rest of your life to be comfortable financially, to to just get that worry out of the way. In today's episode, we're going to be hitting on a lot of things. We're going to be talking about the difference between wills and living revocable trusts. So you're going to want to really pay attention to that. And we're also going to be talking about what you want to talk with your children about when it comes to financing. Advice that you can give your children if you have children or young people in your life. When yes. we say children, we don't mean 12-year-olds. We mean 25 and up because yeah. that's our kid. But, but hey, 12-year-olds can start saving too. That is so, true. That is true. But the advice that you want to give just younger people in your life that you might know, the importance of knowing your FICO score, we're going to talk about that. Saving early, just the importance of saving early, the importance of living below your means within your needs. So that doesn't mean that and you And think don't. about that. Take a, yes. take a second and really absorb what Bridget just said. Yeah. Living below your means, but within your needs. So is it a want or is it a need? Some people that are very frugal, and there's nothing wrong at all with being frugal, but there's also time you don't need to deny yourself, but remember your needs and below your means. And that is so important. She she brings up such important things like really automobiles and do you really need a brand new car every two or three years? Is your car just fine? Think about those things. And you're going to hear the importance of really trying to make sure that your home is paid for, the house, your biggest expense that you have. By the time you retire, if you're wanting to retire, she's going to talk about that a lot. Make sure your home is paid for. She's going to talk about social security. Oh, yes. Social security, the importance of social security. Defer drawing from your social security. If you can do that, do that. If you have the means to be able to defer drawing social security, make sure that you do that. Make sure that you follow us on hotflashescooltopics.com. We will have the links to all of this interview with Susie Orman there, as well as any of our other episodes. And also, we have the audio version of this on YouTube. So you can go to YouTube, but we this is audio only for this episode. So make sure that you check that out as well. It's yeah. funny how excited Bridget and I get when we talk with someone who does financial. <laughs> I know. I know. I mean, we get excited to talk to every guest. But when yes. Susie said she would come on and talk to us, I mean, Bridget oh and I gosh. were like fangirling big time. Well, it, when you think of finance, when you think of financial advice, you think of Susie Gorman. Absolutely. And I mean, I know it's it's a bonus that she's a woman. So we've got this woman in our space, in our age demographic uh, that, you know, fits hot flashes and cool topics lis- listeners. So that's a bonus. But to me, when I think of financial advice, that is who pops in my head. And I feel like it's she's a trusted financial advisor. So I, we were just beyond thrilled that she could be on this show. So make sure that you follow us on social media. We are all over the place. Let's get ready to listen to more from Susie Orman. You do not even think about 
touching your Social Security before full retirement age. If you are retiring and you have to claim Social Security at 62, you are making the biggest mistake of your lives. And if you've already done that, you have 12 months from the time you claimed it to reverse it, just so you know. So if you're going, oh my God, Susie, I just claimed Social Security and I'm 62 and I did it four months ago, you can't reverse it. Why do you want to reverse it? Because your paychecks, which is what Social Security is giving you from 62 to your full retirement age, just let's say it's 67, increases by 6% a year. From 67 to 70, it increases by 8% a year. Where are you going to get those guaranteed returns on the money? And all you brilliant minds that say, but Susie, I'm getting all of this money. It's going to take me 11 years to make up for it if I wait, because you're getting maybe 1000 or 2000 a month right now for an extra five years in your mind. So that's worth it, right, until you're 67, 62 to 67. So if I waited till 67 and I had an increase, how many years would it take me to make up for those five years of payments? It's about 11 years till about when you're 78 or so, right in there. 78 is six years from now for me. Are you kidding me? You will get there and you want to get there. And not only that, if your social security is more, when one of you dies, your spouse's social security is more because they'll either take over yours or they'll get half of yours. So stop thinking you're going to retire at 62. Stop thinking you're going to even retire at 67. Can you make your retirement age, your goal, 70? Because now all the money in your Roth retirement accounts, all the time now you have to pay down the mortgage on your home, all the time that you have to accumulate more assets, and those assets are growing At 70, you don't have to do the calculation that you're calculating of how much do I need when I'm going to retire because you'll be out of debt, you'll have more Social Security, you'll have more in your retirement accounts, and you will be fine. And if you're not fine, then you're just going to have to change your lifestyle and get a smaller place to live, which, by the way, you're in your 50s. Maybe right now would be a great time The kids maybe are out of the house. You don't need that big of a house. Can you just sell the damn house and buy outright a smaller house that you maybe own outright or whatever it may be? Start downsizing now. Do not wait to your 60s. Start downsizing in your 50s. Keep your car for 10 or 11 years. My car is 11 years old. If I can drive an 11-year-old car, so can you. Stop leasing cars. Leasing cars is the biggest waste of money. And I can go on and on. But we just gave you an incredible basis to have financial freedom. Can you talk a little bit about living revocable trusts? Because I know you mentioned those and the importance for those as we get older. Yeah. It's the biggest mistake, again, another big mistake is that we think all we need is a will. 
And our lawyers tell us all we need is a will. And a will is simply a document that says where your assets are to go upon your death. But it does it in the most cost inefficient way possible. In that assets that do not have a beneficiary, like your home might not have a beneficiary on it, have to go through probate in most cases. If you have a life insurance policy and you designate a beneficiary, avoids probate. Your retirement accounts avoid probate because you name a beneficiary. And remember, minors can't inherit money. So never make a minor a beneficiary of any of your accounts because they will be locked up until that minor is 18 years of age. So, th so just know that. But your, your investment accounts, other things, they don't have beneficiaries in most cases. Your savings account can have a pay-on-death account, avoids probate. However, there's more to passing assets down than just probate. Now, let me go back for a second. Here you have a home. We'll go back to that $200,000 home that you bought. All right. And it has a $200,000 mortgage on it. And your child, one of your kids, your daughter, is living with you in that home because she can't afford rent anymore with the prices of rent. She can't afford to buy a new home because of the prices of real estate today and mortgage interest rates. So she gets an idea to come in and live with you and you love it because you two love each other. You're helping each other out and it's fabulous. And I say that because I think that's a great idea for everybody. There's nothing wrong with the nuclear family becoming a true nuclear family again and living together if one of you can't make it. That may mean mom has to move in with you and maybe you have to move in with mom. You never know what happens in life anyway. And everything's great and mom's house is just in mom's name. And mom still has a mortgage every single month on that $200,000 mortgage, right? They have no equity in the house at all. And mom has a will that says daughter's going to get that house. And now mom dies. How does the daughter get that house? The deed is in the mother's name. The mother is no longer alive to sign the deed from her name over to her daughter. Daughter, and most likely it won't be daughter, it will be a lawyer, has to take that will down to court known as probate court. The judge has to validate that the will is true. It's not a fake will. That mom really wanted daughter to get the house versus the two brothers that never wanted to live with mom never wanted to help mom. Mom only wants the daughter to get the house, okay? So to open probate, and let's say it was in the state of California where probate fees are statutory, they're set by statute, it's $1,000 just to apply for probate. Then probate, the court procedure is six months to two years. I've never seen one go faster than a year. For the judge to validate the will and sign mommy's name over from her to you in the state of California will cost approximately ten dollars to $20,000. What if you don't have that money? That property can be sold to pay the legal fees, the probate fees, right? 
A will does absolutely nothing to help mommy if mommy becomes incapacitated. How are you going to sign for her assets? How are you going to do any of that? A will just says where your assets are to go, a living revocable trust. While you are alive, you take the steps to transfer mom's house from her individual name into the name of the living revocable trust. Living, it's called living because you do it while you're alive. Revocable, you can change your mind anytime you want. Trust is simply the name of the document like a will is the name of the document. You take the steps to transfer the house while you're alive, the name of it from your individual name into the name of the trust. It would be, let's say it was my mother, Ann Orman, trustee for the Ann Orman Living Revocable Trust, held for her benefit while she is alive. That would be the new title of it now, the Ann Orman Living Revocable Trust. She is the trustee and the trustor, which means she has control over it and she can change it anytime she wants. All right. Held for her benefit while she's alive, my benefit when she dies. I'm the beneficiary. She dies. It passes to me in two weeks. No probate fees, nothing. It's automatically mine. Mommy doesn't die. Mommy has a stroke or is incapacitated or became like my mother who kept asking me, why Social Security kept sending her a check every month. Okay, and my mother was a legal secretary. So your mother becomes incapacitated. And now who's going to pay her bills for her? Who's going to write her checks for her? Who's going to make decisions for her, financially speaking? A living revocable trust with an incapacity clause in it has gives you the right to step in. Mommy says, daughter's going to do this for me, the successor trustee. If one doctor says in a good trust, mommy's incapacitated, she's not great anymore, daughter now can be the trustee, sign for her and do whatever she wants. Big difference, right? So just know for those of you who are married, if your spouse, you own a house in joint tenancy with right of survivorship, and one of the spouses becomes incapacitated and you now need to sell your home, can you? You cannot, because it takes both signatures to sign the deed when it's sold, because it's joint tenancy and right of survivorship. Now what are you going to have to do? You're going to have to have your spouse declared incompetent, not at probate court. California, that'll cost you $5,000. And now you get a conservatorship for him or her. And every year you have to check in with the court system to make sure that what you're doing with that person's money is legit. Hey, you have a trust with an incapacity clause. You can sign for your spouse. Your spouse can sign for you and blah, 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 blah. Now, normally at this point, I would be saying you need to get my must-have documents because for 20 years now, we have been, because I wanted to avoid this, and if you go to a lawyer to do a trust, it's $2,500. I am not a lawyer by any means, but I created, I had them created by a trust lawyer so that for like $99, 
you could have $2,500 worth of state-of-the-art documents that get updated for free all the time that that you want you know that anytime you want to change something you don't have to go back to the lawyer good in all 50 states however we're in the process of total revision right now on them so normally i would say go to such and such right it would be suzyorman.com slash offer and that's where you could sign up for it or on the community app but right now they're not for sale because now we're making them even better than they were. So I don't want somebody get to get caught. The old ones all work, but the new ones, I'm just waiting for a little to do that. Every single one of you, the less money you have, the more you need a living revocable trust. And you can always go on to suzyorman.com and check out all the information. You know, keep checking because those documents will become available and then you'll be able to get them. Plus, there is a wealth of information on your yeah. website. And yeah. again, your podcast, you just answer the questions everybody thinks about. Like, I, yeah. I wish I knew this. I wish I knew that. And for people who are in a situation where maybe they're widowed or they're getting older and they need a financial advisor, how to find one you can trust? So as you're getting older, what's so great, if you listen to the Women and Money podcast, the majority of women who listen to the podcast are 50, 60, and 70 years of age. And now I get emails saying, for the first time in my life, I'm con control over my money. Because women, I want you to listen to me closely. You are never powerful in life until you are powerful over your own money. How you think about it, feel about it, and how you invest it. And if you think you don't have what it takes to do so, you are making the biggest mistake in your life. You have bought the ticket that society has tried to sell you. Women, we have more ability in our little fingers, honest to God, than everybody else has in both hands. You have what it takes to have children. You have what it takes to raise your bill bucks and pennies. I am telling you that right now. However, if you're afraid, if you don't know what to do, and right now, you should be afraid. These markets are still going down. We have record deficits. Who's What's happening with Ukraine? Is Putin going to nuke the entire world? Nobody really knows what's happening, which is why. I have been telling all of you because I seriously believe that interest rates are going to continue up. When the feds raise interest rates, which they will continue to do because inflation has not come down, then interest rates on treasury bills, CDs, savings accounts, mortgages, everything, they all go up. All right. So... Because I know many of you are afraid and many of you are stockpiling cash and the banks aren't paying you any interest rates at all on there. So two years ago, I partnered with Alliant Credit Union, who is the sponsor of the Women and Money podcast. Full disclosure, they pay me to sponsor the podcast. That's all they pay me for. It does not matter how many people use them or don't use them. I don't make any additional money on that whatsoever. All right. So that's number one. But Alliant Credit Union, a year or two years ago, we created 
when interest rates were nil, what was called the ultimate opportunity savings account, which we still have, which allows you to put in $100 a month. If that's all you have, you have to do it the month you open the account for 12 consecutive months. Currently, you're making 2.95%, but at the end of the 12th month, they'll give you $100. That's an 18, you would need $18,000 in account right now to get that. All right. So if you don't have a lot of money, all of you should go to myalliant.com, become a member of Alliant Credit Union, and, and do that. Read all about it there. You'll see, right, obviously you have to become a member. They pay your membership fee, which is $5 that goes to foster kids. It's not going to cost you anything. You will love them. However, then interest rates started to go up. And I wanted people to make more money now. And we're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. With midlife comes many changes. This stage of life presents us with multiple crossroads, and they can be painful. Divorce, empty nest, career pivots. Sometimes it's just a longing for something new. That's one of the reasons we love Wendy and Dana at Camp Reinvention. They've helped hundreds of women get clear, get going, and get on to living the lives that they truly love. Camp Reinvention can help you. Their next 12-week camp program starts March 28th. Learn more about this in our show notes. And we're back. One of my deals with Alliant, because this is costing them a lot of money, was not to talk about it anywhere other than on my podcast. It was only for women and money listeners. And on the podcast, I was to tell people that they needed to go to myalliant.com slash ultimate. And if you did that, you would be able to purchase a three and six month certificate of deposit. The three month is paying 4.85%. The six month is paying 5%. So if you happen to have been listening to the Women in Money podcast and you happen to have heard that URL, that's the URL all the listeners would have gone to, which was, again, myalliant.com slash ultimate to qualify or to get this rate because this is an unheard of rate for these periods of time. So All of you should be absolutely taking advantage of it. Look up at bankrate.com or NerdWallet. Look at what a three-month certificate is paying, and it's like 3%. Here you're going to get 4.85%. Look at what a six-month certificate a deposit is paying, and you're going to see it's like 4.7, 4.6. Take advantage of this 5% rate. And... Hopefully, as time goes on, right, rates will go up and you will get more. The reason I want you to do three and six months is because I do think rates will go up. However, you want to do whatever, just do the six month. There you go. But of course, you would have known that if you listened to the Women and Money podcast. Just <laughs> they so will. You know. Which, Which they, they will. Absolutely, yes. you will. Yes. Um, my, last, my last question for you is right. most of the listeners have children. And our children mm-hmm. are young adult children who are struggling 
right now, whether it's just to pay their groceries or can't even think about buying a house, what advice can we give them as parents to say, okay, you should be doing this in your 20s. You should always think of savings. But what are some of the advice? What's some advice we can give our kids? You know, what's so great is that I do have 10 New York Times bestsellers. Um, and one of them, which was written in 2005, was the book for the money book for the young, fabulous, and broke. And even though that book has not been updated, just know that the concepts in it are incredible. The women and money book that I wrote, incredible. So I have an incredible source for these kids to be doing. So I say women and money, if, you're, if your kid is over 30, 40 years of age, have them read Women and Money, seriously. But here's what I really want to say to you. Women do not, kids rather, do not listen to what you say. They do what you do. If they see you spending when they know you probably shouldn't be, if they see you being irresponsible with money, they will do so. They will not be able to listen when you tell them, do this. So, the first suggestion I would have for them seriously is all 600 episodes that I did for CNBC, their number one show for 13 years, is playing on free V. Amazon streams on Prime, obviously. You have to spend money to do that. These are free. If you go to free V, you will see look up Susie Orman, all 600 episodes. The kids are loving them all over again. It's relatable, even though it was done, you know, a few years ago now, actually eight years ago now was my last show. They're they love the Can I Afford It segment. They love how sarcastic I am. They love when I say things, listen, I can't fix stupid and you're stupid. They relate to that. They relate to the leather jackets. I can tell them to do things that, mom, you can't. You just can't. I didn't listen to my parents. If they told me X, I did Y. You know, so, so. Let somebody educate them, right? If they really want to learn from you, if they really want to, then there's three keys to financial success. And if you could teach them this, then that would be all you would need to do. Number one, debt is bondage. You will never have financial freedom if you have debt. You're already going down the financial path to poverty if you cannot pay your credit cards off at the end of every month. That's number one. FICO scores are incredibly important. So teach them about a FICO score. And a FICO score, for those of you who don't know, is your credit score. Very different than your Vantage score or the score you get with Credit Karma because 90% of all creditors out there only take FICO scores, which is at myfico.com. Fair Isaacs, the company that originally did it, teach them how they need a FICO score of 720 or above. Otherwise, they're going to pay more interest on mortgages, car loans, um, employers, even though they're not supposed to, don't, don't think that they don't know how to check FICO scores. And your car insurance will be higher. 
So you need a high FICO score. So if you don't have 720 or above, FICO scores run from all the way from like 300 up to 850. If you have anything from 500 or below, you are so screwed. It's not even funny. You are FICO'd. So you better have a good FICO score. Next, obviously, take advantage of retirement count contributions, especially if they match. The sooner you begin teach them about compounding, of interest. If you start putting $100 a month away in a Roth IRA at 25 and you do it for 45 till you are 60, for 40 years till you are 65 at normal market returns, let's say 12% annual average rate of return over that time, you'll have a million dollars. You start at 30 rather at 35 rather than 25, you'll have only $300,000. Those 10 years cost you $700,000. Teach them that. And last but not least, you are always to live below your means but within your needs. Just because I can afford a new car doesn't mean I should buy a new car. Just because I can afford a lot doesn't mean I should buy that. I, to this day, KT and I both live below our means, but within our needs. What is a need? A need is food at a grocery store, not going out to restaurants. I hate going out to restaurants. What a waste of money. Because I know if I took that $50 bill and I invested it, I know what I can make out of it in five years. And I don't want to make pay $250 for food that's not even probably healthy for you. So live below your means, but within your needs. How do you do that? Every time before you buy something, ask yourself, is this a need or is this a want? If it's a want, walk away. If it's a need, medicine, whatever, you have to buy it. And last but not least, can you at least get as much pleasure out of saving as you do spending Stop trying to impress people with money you don't even have. Or, you know, or the, these people you don't even know or like. So you have to buy new clothes. So somebody says, that's a great outfit. Really? This is still my same necklace that I've worn now and earrings for 40 years. Do I have any others? No. Like, what is wrong with all of you people? You know how much money I've saved over all these years, which allows me to live on a private island, fly private, and do anything else that I want or need. That's how you want to live when you're 72. You don't want to have to be going, oh my God, I got to cut down on water because I can't afford the bills. But the important thing too is that you are comfortable. Like you, I want to be, you know, at that age, I want to be comfortable and not worried about money. And that is so important. And this advice And you know why, Bridget, you want that? Because everybody, see if you can answer this question. What is the goal of money? Go on, everybody, think about it. Is it to buy a little fancy Mercedes? Is it to buy designer brand clothes or jewelry? Or what is the goal of money? The goal of money for you to be secure. Nothing will make you more powerful in life when you feel secure. When you feel secure, you're not insecure. When you're insecure, you make mistakes with your money. When you're secure, you know who you are, what you want, what you need, what you can afford, and what it takes for you to be happy.
Thank you so much for all Thank of this you. information. Thank you so much. It yeah. has been this such amazing. Yes. a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you. So yes. we appreciate Absolutely. your time. Yeah. And all of the links to your website, to your podcast, everything will be in our show notes. Everyone can check it out. And thank you again so very much for being on the show, Susie. My honor. So if you missed episode one in this two-part series with Susie Orman, you can check it out on any podcast platform. These podcasts are free, as you know, from listening to them. And really, it's so chock full of information that you're going to want to listen to both episodes. And you may listen to it more than once. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Because you're not going to get this information for free in most places. And certainly not from a financial advisor. Make sure you are following us on all forms of social media. That includes Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and all that other fun stuff. We want to thank Susie Orman for taking the time. And really, she took a night. I mean, we were over an hour talking. And we really appreciate her time and her expertise and how she really wants women to succeed financially. So if you're not following her podcast, go over to any podcast platform, check out Women and Money, you'll find it and just subscribe and you'll start getting the information each week from her as well. Thanks guys for listening. And if you have any questions about this episode, make sure to check out our website, hotflasheschooltopics.com where you will find the show notes. And if you still have questions, feel free to email us at hotflasheschooltopics at gmail.com. Have a wonderful weekend and we will talk to you next week. Bye.